Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dean Blair. And today on the show, we're going to talk a little more about the retirement gap. This is probably going to be the last episode we've got with Dean in this series, though I'm sure we'll have you back on the show if you're keen, Dean. Absolutely. It's on the record, he has to do it now. Um, So we're going to talk about why your spending won't go down during retirement. And this is really interesting because of two facts. The first of all, uh, there was recently a survey done, I think, by the FMA, the Financial Markets Authority, who said that only one one in ten people over the age of 50 feel confident they're going to have enough to, to... save to have the retirement lifestyle they want and uh, in actual fact a lot of those people may be wrong as well they may not actually have that right so that's only one in ten feel confident they're going to have enough for the retirement lifestyle that they want and uh, in the seminar that Dean gave last night you know he started asking about how much do you need and uh, being really realistic about this because sometimes people think and I'm sure you hear this all the time Dean that that people think that uh, they're just going to be able to cut back their spending once they hit retirement. Yes, it's really interesting where people, you know, they'll be sitting in the office and you're starting to talk about the future and their plans and that they are sitting there thinking that when they retire they can live on half the income they live on today because, you know, the mortgage is paid off, the kids have moved on and their expenses have reduced. But what we have to consider is, you know, leading into that retirement, you've probably had a number of years without a mortgage and the kids gone. So your lifestyle's moved on lifestyle is relevant to what you're earning today and what they're effectively saying is the day they stop work they can halve their lifestyle just flick a switch for now half and what I asked them is like in my life and I know my world or our world we will probably spend more money in the weekend than we do during the week because when you're working you're focused you're working you're not out doing as much yes kids can have activities and different things but in the weekends, you're often socialising, have people around for dinner, going out, and the kids have got things going on, so you, you couldn't be spending more on that Saturday and Sunday. And what I talked about last night is when you retire, the weekend's seven days long, or 30 years, every day's the weekend. So what you're telling me, or what people are telling me, is from that moment, they can halve their lifestyle overnight, and I challenge people, I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think you can... Continue to live, replace the car every few years, upgrade the white white whereas you need to, maintain the house, spoil the grandkids and live, not exist, live in retirement on half of what you're earning today. And it's exactly the same analogy. Uh, we sp- always spend more on holidays. And, you know, we, we talked in a previous episode that, uh, that uh, the average holiday might be 14 days long, but retirement is... 40, uh, 30 years long, perhaps. Exactly, yeah, we're living longer, and on average, one one person in a relationship and a couple will live 30 years in retirement, so that, that's a long holiday, as you put it, and we, we typically spend more for the first sort of 15, 10, 15 years, and as we, we slow down as the body, as we age, we probably will travel less and slow down more, so we can do some cash flow modelling to show that, that, okay, well, this is what those later years look like, this is what we need to accumulate along the way and this is what the drawdown looks like and the money will run out, say at whatever age, or you can leave a legacy, there'll be some money there as a bequest or inheritance or something. Yes, yes. And there are so many retirement calculators you can use as well to calculate what your retirement gap might be. And often it's so much larger than, than you might think. Even as a young person, I think I did mine, and my retirement gap is 
about one point two million dollars, or which which is which is quite standard for for um, you know say a couple in their forties will usually have a retirement gap that big. Mine's a bit smaller than somebody my age, I think, um, because I've already started to close that with investment property and and have a plan for how that actually will be closed. I mean, what's the sort of retirement gaps you might see on a day to day basis here at Fox Plan? They, they can be significant. They they can be very significant, and so the sooner you know. The sooner you have the information, then we can start to implement some strategies to close that gap or achieve what they're trying to achieve. Or maybe just work a little bit longer or reduce the expenses now and save a little bit more or buy that investment property now or whatever the strategies. There'll be multiple strategies. But it is first knowing the facts. What's the information? You know, it's, I've said it before, I think, on previous podcast is not many people go on holiday without knowing where they're going. So it's pretty hard to plan something if you don't know where you're going. So first, determine where are we going now, what's the gap, what do we need to be doing. And just to give, actually bring some numbers into this, since I, I haven't have your slides in front of me last night, I hope you don't mind me stealing, stealing some of your sure. stats. Um, you gave an example of a couple on, on a household income, so, so two people, household income of 210k. So after you take tax out, they've got about 144 grand worth of net income that they can, they can play around with. Uh, in, in this example, they've got about 5.8k uh, fortnightly income so uh, $5,800 roughly, and expenses of $4,800. So they've got about a grand uh, of, of surplus each fortnight that they can, they can do something with. And in this example, so I mean, th- this is a pretty regular couple here. They have an annual minimum retirement income just to exist of $82,000. That's right. So our calculators, the tools we use, once we have the data, the tool will show you then the expenses that are still there when we retire, the expenses that can reduce, and the expenses that can increase based on what we know about people, about the data we have. And then it will show us, based on the individual couple, clients, data they've given us, what that minimum requirement is in in retirement. So we know to exist that this is what they need. But to live and have the fun they might want to have then we have to fill that gap, or, th- or that income could be higher, so what are the strategies we need to do? And that's where you know people can resist when they first meet us for planning, financial planning, retirement planning, where we want them to go away and do that audit, and there's often resistance. I didn't come here for budgeting advice, it's not about where I spend my money, but the value of doing that data and putting it into our tool is it straight away shows us if they have no idea what income they want in retirement, based on today, it shows us what that requir- minimum requirement and again, this comes back to, I love this model of the three circles that we've talked about on the last five episodes of, of the cash circle, the investment circle, the risk circle, the, the three years of financial planning that you, that you need to have sorted. You need to start with it with that audit of, of your, your income. You might be here, or audit of your expenses, you might be here to build up your investment circle and, and to get your long-term wealth sorted. But in order to do that, you need to have what you're spending sorted so that you can actually get, get started in there. That's right, you need to know what the free cash flow is. In the example you've given, they had $1,000 a fortnight free cash flow to work with. But the important thing was we knew the number they would need minimum in retirement. So we now know what we need to be aiming for out into the future. And the beauty for that couple when they walked away is they had the written financial plan, so that's the written document. They had the hard data, which is the numbers, the facts, the quantitative data. 
They had an implementation schedule, which was like a to-do list. This is what we're doing and when and who's accountable to doing it. And then they had the big visual life map, we call it, which is a visual financial plan, which most people really engage with because visually they're looking at it and going, wow, that's, we've mapped this out. How exciting is this? And they leave energised and excited and just so keen to get started. Dean, you're an absolute magician getting people excited about the finances and their retirement <laughs> gap. <laughs> hey, and please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast just to finish up. And if you do want to learn about property in person with Andrew and I, come along to our live seminars. We're holding these around the country in October 2019. And these free property investment and first home buying seminars are they're in Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington. We had that one last night with Dean in Queenstown. So go to OPES Partners, that's O-P-E-S Partners.co.nz to register for your ticket. Hey, Dean, I just want to thank you as well for being a part of these last five episodes and we'll look forward to having you on the show again in the future. Absolute pleasure, I can't wait. Thank you for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Dean Blair. And Dean's not going to be back with us tomorrow, but it's going to be an Andrew and I, and we're going to be here with more daily insight, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>